0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Simply Sacred—a loving gaze at the inner world in a modern society. I'm your host, Aurora Lee, alongside my co-host, Kaya Yezdal. Today, we embark on a journey of heart-centered conversations, exploring the depths of the inner world. Here at Simply Sacred, we are dedicated to providing a safe haven for authentic dialogue, acceptance and the transformative power of love. Join us as we delve into meaningful discussions that empower, inspire, and illuminate the path towards self-love and growth. Let the sacred exploration begin. Hello, welcome to Simply Sacred, a loving gaze at the inner world in a modern society. I'm your host, Aurora Lee, and with us, as always, is your co host, Kaya Yezdal. Hello, hello. Today, we're talking about the parameters and the juiciness of our podcast. And why it exists and what four principles we are steering this podcast with. So we're gonna be describing that container to you.
1: A sacred container.
0: Yeah. And why is a sacred container important, Kaya?
1: Safety, safety, feeling, feeling loved and feeling safe to share. It's so important, especially these days. <laughs>
0: of that like kind of psychological safety where people know what to expect and they can enter that pathway with you or
1: yeah I think like sharing what our inner what our inner world is out into society and being vulnerable being able to be vulnerable and and being able to be very clear clarity is very important
0: I don't know for you but for myself I have been in spaces where they did not have a psychologically safe container and they were guiding people and they were guiding people in their thoughts and consciousnesses and actually sometimes even plant medicine and they they weren't actually skilled and equipped enough to hold that container well and I've experienced that and I think it gave me profound learning and um, I was able to recognize it as it was happening when I was a lot younger I may not have been and when I first started yoga teacher training and stuff like that I was very young and I know the difference between a well-held container and one that is not what about you
1: yeah no definitely I feel like for sure I've had experiences too in in spaces sacred spaces well spaces that were a healing container and I didn't feel supported enough and I felt like I, I spiraled actually once out of one and yeah yeah no it's it's so it's so important
0: It's interesting because a lot of people are talking about things now and even even with social media, you know, a lot is shared and a lot of deep things can be shared and profound things, things that one would actually maybe sit with for a long time, just that with that concept and let it integrate into their world and into their mind. But they're scrolling through it very fast going, oh yeah, that resonates, but they're not really integrating it. But we have a world that's built on this like you know, exploration that this podcast is all about, I think, but maybe there isn't the riverbanks to help flow that conversation. And I think that this is what this podcast is here for, and our con- conscious conversations are here for. So that leads us to principle number one, which is modeling and normalizing conscious conversations.
1: Yeah, I think, and having difficult, challenging conversations sometimes with love and being able to feel like you can say something that's really been uncomfortable that you've, you know, maybe never been able to share, you know, and then sharing it with like basically the world when you do it on a, on a, on a platform like this. Right. Yeah. It takes courage. It does take
0: courage. I think that people, a lot of people have a natural ability to stop and know their threshold where they personally won't feel unsafe. And you would never want someone to go and force past a threshold that matters for them for their own personal safety because they'd be too triggered after so that's part of a safe container too I think that recognizing that and knowing that people usually have a wisdom of knowing where to get to and and stop at but sometimes those with some deep traumas they don't actually have that ability to regulate themselves so safe containers also help people navigate that so they don't go too far off and so that's a big part of the conversation too I think a big yeah and then
1: and then I shared that too, that we had, we had that kind of space in one of our communities. And I I felt like we needed to have afterwards, because there was someone that was really, that got really triggered once that we had like a space afterwards to just share even more so that that person wasn't like going into back into society with like, you know, feeling like things have been up, brought up, brought up to the surface and there was no one to, to hold that, had that, mm-hmm. had that space. So, yeah.
0: And because going into the new year, we're going to be having continual guests coming on and sharing and talking after the podcast done, they will be able to sit with us and talk more and for longer in discussion. If we there's still more integrating that any of us needs to do, because like our guests or like everyone else, uh, myself as a host and you as a co-host, we still have our own stuff we're working through. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that'll be really fun because you know we'll be able to model that vulnerability as we do the podcast with our check-ins as well.
1: Yeah, and so me, right? Yeah, I
0: okay. think too. In the political landscape, we also see you know people are talking about really important things, and including you know inclusion and diversity and anti-racism and all these things that have a profound impact on those who they're speaking about and. You know, I don't really think that any of those leaders and people know how to create a safe container with that on that larger nationwide scale or global scale. And so the importance of a container is really huge.
1: Yeah, because I think that, that you're touching on like the sensitive sensitivity aspects that we, you know, as humans have been kind of missing, like that we are, you know, emotional beings and we can't ignore the emotions that we feel when when we're in situations certain situations or circles so yeah I think I think it's so important
0: and that brings us to principle two of the podcast which is providing an accepting environment to explore the inner narratives without social shame judgment ridicule or cancel culture ideologies and we'll get into cancel culture after but I think I think that you're you're really hitting the nail on the head when it comes to sensitive topics because we seem to be like divided, where some people think people are too sensitive and others, you know, really believe that you should be able to cancel someone. And so it's very black and white thinking. Triggers are the teaching and the guiding point. And yes, we need to have a safe container when we have deep and meaningful conversations, realizing that real people's lives are connected to stories, connected to things that we're talking about, or that people can be talking about and if my level of understanding goes to a depth that makes someone else uncomfortable, or if something that I say has a different associative meaning, it can bring up stuff for people. But we're not really moving forward as a society if we don't continue past that. If everything gets shut down because it's too much and we don't know how to move past that and create a framework and skills and aptitude and ability to move through that part, because we don't have common language around Mm -hmm. things and we'll get to that in principle four but when people are just cancelled it's it's also not building skills Right. right and reframing and the important thing is is to recognize that we are not our social conditioning we are not our egoic biases we are us with egoic biases we are ourselves With social conditioning, we are ourselves with imprinting that can go back 13 generations, a certain belief system that is no longer okay, you know, that is no longer part of our social fabric. And we need to be able to unlearn and relearn those things and realize, oh, what do I want to be? But we can't have that empowerment feeling of so now what, until we go into that uncomfortable conditioning yeah, point our fingers at each other and socially blame someone for holding that belief we are shutting the pot lid. so on one hand we're saying hey we want a society that's evolved past these belief systems but we're not going to actually create a container where it's friendly enough to do that work because it's your fault well, no, it's not our fault that our ancestors created social narratives. It's our fault if we continue them. Yeah. It's our fault if we keep our head in the sand. It is our responsibility to make aware the things that are below the awareness level. Like, it is our responsibility, especially if you're doing anything, anything that has an impact. It yeah. should be done with a, with a highly evolved inner consciousness, we need leaders that have those highly evolved inner consciousnesses so that they're not just recreating a script that's broken and continuing social discordance
1: yeah and this is like the growth through discomfort right like we have to move through the discomfort the, the uncomfortable feelings or conversations to have this growth and it's not happening fast now.
0: <laughs> well because we are mammals and we have a mammalian brain we model how to do that. And if we aren't able to model how to do that, then it's not like people aren't able to see that that's possible. If they're what they're seeing modeled is waving their finger and getting mad at one another and and controlling how the script goes, then, then that's what's being modeled and replicated, right? I don't know how to deal with this. This is not okay with me or, or that kind of thing, then we're not able to. But I think that because the podcast is on the inner narrative, it creates a skill set for the listener to, in the privacy and safety of their own inner dwelling, to unlearn and relearn and unpack. So it doesn't mean the listener needs to do it socially yet. It means that they're able to, based on our conversations, because maybe we're more used to it, because they're able to to dive deep with us or they're able to go well, why do i believe what i believe and so that's the blessing of this podcast that's the offering and the gift and the medicine to the listener with this podcast
1: and and the allowing of mistakes to happen sometimes because we're not perfect we really have to get out of this like idea of perfection i'm always going to say the right thing i'm always going to do the right thing no like we're not and we have to allow that space for those things to happen And give someone another chance you know yeah of course there's gonna be a time maybe where it's like oh i've given you a few chances and you really need to go and learn somewhere else but you know
0: Mm yeah well i'm I'm encouraged of the the brave ones who come on here as guests to do this conversation building with us because you know if somebody's scared oh in 10 years someone's gonna hear that you know i had a prior belief about this and now i don't then i'll get cancelled later on And I mean, that could be a reality. We can't promise that that won't happen because we can't control what a social population (laughs) chooses to do and how they choose to be. But I don't think that it's going to continue. I think cancel culture is shifting because we do need to get out of that black and white thinking if we're going to move ahead. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts happen. And so we have to be able to accept ourselves and feel safe to, to unpack you know why that is. Yeah. Uh, principle 3 is the most important one in in the sense of it's why this podcast started to begin with, which is that it's built on the core belief that the power of love and human connection can restory and rewire current collective and individual trauma as well as social discordance.
1: Yeah, and you helped me with that last night. <laughs> rewiring a story that I needed to rewire, right? So yeah, thank you for that. And and that's that's exactly what, you know, I I I know it's gonna come up and <laughs> it's gonna come up sometimes where there where it's happening just even as as the show is happening. Yes, because
0: there isn't anyone who isn't currently restoring or on the precipice of restoring or eventually will restory with the common collective because we as a planet are restoring right now it's just there hasn't been a roadmap. map some people have them some there's some beautiful spiritual teachers out there there's some beautiful social scientists out there but they're all in it too we are all collectively in it and we are all equal it's just some people have gone okay i've gone to the depths of how hard this is and i think that i have something that i can share to help to show that there is a pathway through and so those are the those are the people that I think will be needed as you know time continues. And so human love and connection can and will and be the only thing that that remains true. You know, through the pains, through the shifts, through the changes that occur economically, environmentally, like politically, all of the things, human connection is what remains true and it's actually what our brains are built off of and many people and I'm talking the majority of populations have been impacted very negatively based on some, you know, child rearing practices, especially in North American Western ideologies of the cryout method. Just that basic teaching that was given to parents has caused the cry out um, yes. and oh. brain not
1: to be wired. Oh, my gosh. Actually I did that with my da- with my daughter. And that's, and that's, we're getting back to just love. Like there's so much rewiring of what love is, right? We hear so much like unconditional love, but with boundaries, right? And there's, I find there's so many people that don't even know what really love feels like because they haven't been given that unconditional, right? Like, so the rewiring with the power of love, you know, just looking at what love is.
0: In the science of therapy, it's only possible because a person sitting there as the therapist or as the practitioner helping and supporting someone is mirroring to them that they are lovable, is mirroring love to them. Whatever story they bring at them, they are mirroring love back. That is your role as a therapist because we are mirror neurons too and, we're, and you're just helping the person bring love to whatever situation has caused discordance. Wow. That is the neuroscience of it. And so it, we don't have to overcomplicate things or you don't have to have a PhD and doctorate in order to love.
1: No, you just have to be practicing it all the time. <laughs> Yourself. That <laughs> that came up for you last night, bringing love
0: to whatever it was that felt wounded or not enough, or usually it's a story relating to that, or I was bad and wrong, or I'm the one to blame. I was at fault because from zero to six, whatever happens that is painful There isn't yet like a modulator in the brain to realize that it's, that there's another person's story. So the child can only internalize that they're bad and wrong and they're at fault. So anyone that has had disease, which is everyone in some form, obviously a lot, some are a lot worse than others, but in some form, everyone has had some level of conflict we are human beings and our world has come kind of to a heightened stage of that but when they have internalized a story that they're bad wrong not good enough that they don't matter it's their fault that story lives with them there's just a child that's gotten bigger and now they're playing that out in their life
1: yeah and so- we know what we know so there yeah. has to be a rewire and, and the and the, co- and the repetitiveness of that like rewiring, right? To continue and be surrounded by people that are energies that, that are supporting that.
0: So principle yeah. three is what everything hinges off of in this podcast. So when we're talking about something, we can remind ourselves and each other, hey, let's bring it back to love and connection and the truth of that in your story, in your pain body. You know, I'm going to be building a new company In 2024, I'm going to have vulnerabilities come up. I'm going to have self-doubts. I'm going to have imposter syndrome coming up. I'm going to have all the other things that humans have when they're out there and the the wounds are, because it's in the nervous system. We're restoring in the nervous system as it happens. You don't just logically go, okay, I'll file that away and know that it's all love and connection. No, because our body's still going to be showing up for the story and we got to witness it. So our nervous system will bring the story up and then we witness it and we bring love to it and it's continual. And that's our work in this lifetime. And for a few generations, if we truly want to get our planet back on track because it's like a plane, you know, that goes off course. It might be off course this much. And it might've started 500 years ago with some of the imprinting of core beliefs that took us off track. And, And it's like, oh, it's just a little bit off course, but a plane that's only a little bit off course you know, 500 years later, we're over here. That's a fact. This is a known fact by trauma experts and social scientists. We're over Mm -hmm. here. So how do we get ourselves back? And this podcast is helping with that, I hope, with some love. and
1: Yeah, thank you. And I think that's also comes back to just the fact that our with where our story is being stored right so much of our story in our mind but where is the story in the heart right that's where like the mind being the heart like that's where in tibetan teachings too right where i'm like oh you know the the, the mind is the heart the wisdom there not here right so when we rewire just like you're saying like it's rewiring from the heart place not from from this story that keeps being told and I felt like that in therapy too like when I was as a teenager like I don't want to keep hearing the story over again over again right and repeating it I need to I need to rewire this
0: (laughs) and that's where the hope lives like what you're bringing is hope because you know okay we're over here a listener could go well that's so daunting I can't even start that's so hard you know that but the hope is in the fact that the wisdom is inside of each person and the wisdom of healing and the wisdom of returning to homeostasis yeah within each person and the heart what you're talking about therefore it'll know how to pendulate as you're ready to and bring you back when you have clear intentions and clear mind to do so And with those supportive, safe, as you do it. Because if you're with an abusive, traumatized, and traumatizing person, as you're trying to do that, it's actually gonna be very discordant. As you do that and start to, even in the safety of, of listening, you may notice that you don't wanna be around those people as much, and do those steps to not be around them as much. And creating a more and more safe container for yourself, your family, your community, and building on this language this common language so that it becomes normalized it's very crucial and so that brings us to principle four which is creating that common language around healing to empower listeners to love themselves hold hope and grow towards who they want to be
1: yeah language right our mindfulness are slowing down and even just when i really have been learning so much of just really slowing down and listening more and the language that's not spoken as well right I think I mean we're talking about the ones that we speak but also just those moments where it's just an energy I always feel like I have to speak a certain way to to be heard you know often which is why I really love you Mm -hmm. and and your language I don't know. It can validate
0: people. It's powerful.
1: Yeah.
0: It yeah. can yeah. validate where people are at, but with a new relatable spin on it that like lands for them. And that's why I always say that the power of a circle is is wildly understated in our current society because the power of a circle can do so many amazing things for community cohesion, for family cohesion, for workplace cohesion. It, it, can create, it can create the change that people are actually looking for, but they never set the time to actually do it. And that is due to the building of common language, relatability, trust. Common language helps people to feel heard, to feel seen, to have purpose, to have meaning. You know, someone could have a totally different association of what I intend to say, and that's been something that's happened my entire life. Because I had savantism in reading and writing. Obviously, my peer group didn't know what the heck I was talking about because my mindscape was already in a totally different place. And I had read hundreds of adult books by the time I was eight years old, right? And so when I'd say something and I would understand, you know, below the iceberg what that really meant, I'd have people upset thinking I was saying something totally different. Wow. And um, it was a hard and challenging road for me. But I do know that a common language is what builds a community of practice and an aptitude of things. So when we say something, then we unpack what that means. It helps or it helps to create new neural pathways. Storytelling has been with all of our ancestors, everyone's ancestors. And it like elders do storytelling or people that are the knowledge holders or storytellers of that community, they do storytelling because as the listener is there, they're building neural pathways. They're building the ability to think that way. And the power of storytelling is to offer that to others. Now we are still as a modern society storytellers, but what are we consuming? Because the lyrics of those songs, the movies, the scripts, the everything that we're consuming is still building those neural pathways. So, so becoming really conscious of what you're listening to, you know, because you're tracking with that person in the, with their mind. You know, I've been trained a lot in um, things like shamanism and other healing modalities. And when you're helping someone and you're supporting them, you're guiding them to track their thought processes and you're going with them. And then you're obviously calling parts of their spirit back that have gone because of a discordance. But you're bringing them to those thoughtscapes. It's the same with so many things, you're, you're guiding them to that manipulative marketing strategist that they're, they're literally taught the psychology of how to manipulate one to feel or think a certain way. And then they're crafted as successful because they're able to do it. Right. And I'm not saying that marketing is wrong and bad at all. But I'm saying that it's, it's a fact, like we will go where we're guided to. And so in, in thoughts and feelings and sensations, and the more there's sensation tied to that thought, the more it stores and imprints, the more it goes into long-term memory banks, the more it goes into your viscera, like your container, your nervous system. So then you're like, oh, why am I craving this donut? Well, that very heightened sensation commercial did all of these things that piqued your interest at a young age. And now it's stored long-term. And anytime you felt the presence of your dad around you associated with that commercial. So when you miss your dad, you crave a donut. Right. We have no idea what's really in all that. And that feels like a lot. Well, I could never possibly unimprint everything. No, we can't. Well, we could, but that would take, you know, deep spiritual practice of 25 years and some plant medicine. And some people do choose.
1: Yeah, interesting when you said because with la- that was been my experience. Because with language, I actually was drawn with healing to Sanskrit language instead of English because I also wasn't able to speak like I, my whole life in English. I didn't have the words. And I find that with my daughter too, my little girl, like sometimes she doesn't have the right language to express how she's feeling or what it is that she wants to even say. And this is where I, I hope to also like just talk touch touch on languages of other languages cuz i really believe that the english language actually the resonance and the it dumbifies like there's just there's confusion there's you know it's not the original languages right like and and this is where you know you talk to um first nations people too like the water had a song and it had a different right and and so there's definitely i have a polish friend she too she's like oh you know just deciphering different parts of what a word actually means right so language is just it's so massive and I also would say when you were talking about because fairy tales <laughs> Albert Einstein said something about how the language of fairy tales how that imprints in us and how powerful it is for our wiring fairy tales and I mean I've been trying to talk I was trying to talk to a dog last week in language right like you're suffering what what do you need right like language is just That's with anybody, right? Sometimes it can be, what is it you need? I'm not understanding. And then you have to go to another level of the language, the body language.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, body language is 80%, 20% is verbal anyways, right? And so um, you're bang on, right? You know, like how we show up and be, we can be, we're globally imprinted in different ways. And we're now a global force that's knowledge transferring in new ways. And, you know, we don't know what all of the associative language and meaning interpretations are. And so, I mean, that's going to take generations to figure out how we're weaving unity and diversity into one in new ways. We have no idea what life is even going to look like in five years, let alone 25 years, you know? And so, but what we can do is anchor some core truths and skills and aptitudes that are, you know, going to fundamentally help, I think, build self-awareness, confirmations of intuition, because people generally have a sense and know, but they've been really derailed from that sense of knowing, you know, when you go to a doctor and you're taught to just listen blindly to the experts, it takes away and disenfranchises a person's ability to discern for themselves And doctors are amazing and important human beings and experts are important human beings that have dedicated their life to knowing things. I'm just saying that in a sovereign way, people have this ability to trust their gut instinct that's often shut down, you know, and things like that. And so helping people to activate and re-remember that because we also have our ancestors' DNA in us and that epigenetic switch that turns on when we just know And to confirm that to one another and validate one another, like, yes, you have, you have had powerful ancestors, and they knew what to do in this situation. You are not alone. Your ancestors are literally within you. And that gut feeling to respond in that way or to do that thing is accurate. You don't have to just do what's happening on TV or, or whatever else it is, you know, or or the common script. And we can talk more about like community common scripts throughout the podcast and throughout times when people are sharing their stories.
1: Yeah, and intuition like is, is so important. The language of intuition and and how much diet and all that. And we'll I know we'll talk about that. We'll probably have people on on the podcast too to talk about that mm-hmm. because it's so important, right? The language of our body. What is our body saying to us? <laughs> are you listening? Right. And that's where I mean, we're in a mental health crisis. And it's like, how do people explain how do they say I'm in trouble with like the other day? My daughter's like, oh, you know, that's like murder. Like she's just the wording. Right. And I'm like, you, you can't say kill so often. You can't say these words like don't say that because we reuse these words so much that actually are very powerful words. And then we can discount someone saying like, I am suffering. I am feeling like, you know, you know, doing something that's that's not healthy you know and we could just blow it off be like oh yeah i always say that you know and it's like no what language do i even say that to try to get attention right i don't
0: know
1: if that made sense but so oh, you're
0: meaning like the world's inundated and how do we even get heard? Like
1: Yeah, how do we even get heard? Because there is so much, you know, just in our society of, of violence and, and and just like in songs and stuff where we get used to saying, you know, words that can be very triggering for other people or, you know, just, oh, I wish you'd die or something, you know, it's like, don't say that, you know, if someone, someone feels like, it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? Fairy tale. There is a mental
0: health crisis and there is a lot of convoluted messaging and people maybe don't really know where to go, but they do sense the lighthouses of hope and hopefully Simply Sacred, you know, this podcast can can be a lighthouse of hope that people will feel drawn to because it resonates. But sometimes there's so much distraction and discordance that they can't feel it because their body is so... There's just so much in there and they don't, they're not able to feel even the goodness or goodness feels wrong and bad. Uh, And so, but I believe in crater and I believe that things will go where they're meant to. And, and that's the thing. All we can do is hope and try and show up, you know, and, and like you said, with the mental health crisis, these conversations are so important that they should be had in every community they should be had everywhere all the time there was a girl that I was aware of in a certain community that was raped and left and got frostbite on her legs but the community did nothing to talk about rape culture consent culture it was actually hidden away the reality of why she was left, or what happened before she was left, and actually it was just spun that she was just drunk and le- and passed out, but that's not true, right? But the but the inability to to have these conversations keeps communities unhealthy
1: totally well that's too like in my the community that I'm in where just little things where when you know that someone is suffering or someone is struggling and people will tend to say oh that's not my business it's like it is your business it's your community and how do we in a gentle way become that safe space mm-hmm. and that container for for people to be able to like move through something that's uncomfortable happening in that community or something that did right like because yeah, yeah People are just, it's not my business. It doesn't have to do with me. I don't even know that. It's like, we're all affecting each other. This is where that inner world, outer world, right? Like if that's And leadership
0: doesn't know how to feel and process and the topics and the conversations that are necessary. And that's where leadership needs to have done that inner work themselves and then do it. That's what my song, Feel It to Heal It is all about. You know, the lyric, pick up the pace, you got to feel it. Pick up the pace so we can heal it. Like we need leaders to do that first so that they can help build the containers for communities. We need leaders to hurry up and get on the conscious conversations and then the inner world journeys so that we will have healthier communities.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Oh, all (laughs) my Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: Thank you. Love you. Love
0: you. If you enjoyed that episode, come back every Sunday evening. There will be a new episode of Simply Sacred, a loving gaze at the inner world in a modern society. Your host, Aurora Lee, and my website is www.simplysacred.ca. Thank you.